Kia ora ana tātou kātoto and welcome to Koko Ngāti, a podcast that combines cross-cultural wahine Māori and Pacific male perspectives on issues and topics relating to us. It's our stories by our people. Talofa, I'm Johnson Riala. Kia ora, I'm Maya Wilson and we are the hosts of Koko Ngāti. Season 1 focuses on being mixed race here in Aotearoa. Although we aren't entirely mixed race ourselves, we talk to inspiring people who share their experiences. Today, we caught it all with a Samoan Filipino couple who talk about their experience navigating a bicultural relationship and dealing with the grief of miscarriage. You know, I had a miscarriage when I was 14 weeks. Yeah, telling his, um, his parents and my parents were, were probably really tough. And I think, you know, for Vani, it um, took quite a toll on him, mm. especially, you know, you've still got those images of, of dad and, and telling dad. Um, when we got pregnant again, um, we wanted to be really safe mm. and and kind of held off telling anyone yeah. uh, for a long period of time. Teresa and Rani Toilau openly discuss their romance journey and how they plan on raising their newborn child in a way that embraces both cultures. Vani talks about his experience of being raised with strong Samoan cultural roots, whereas Teresa battled with her own cultural identity when her family moved from the Philippines to New Zealand. So first off, how we love to start this is just getting to know a bit about you both. So who are you? Where are you from? I'm originally from the Philippines, so I was actually born and raised there until I was six. And then, yeah, came over with my mum, dad and brother. So relatively small um, in our family um, and moved over to New Zealand. Um, what else is there? Where, where, where in particular are your are your family oh, from? And, yeah. Um, so um, I was born in Cebu, which is uh, probably the second main um, city in the Philippines. So um, yeah, we're from there. But my dad is from a smaller um, village, I guess, or kind of seaside city town. Um, so he's kind of more country boy and my mum is like a city girl <laughs> and that's how they kind of met and um, when they started working um, yeah and then kind of raised in New Zealand yeah whereabouts um, central so Linfield uh, Mount Roscoe yeah what, what's your family makeup mm. uh, how do you mean in terms of siblings and oh right uh, just one brother actually wow yeah so really small um, family and um, because we left all of our aunties, uncles, grand- uh, like grandparents on both sides back in the Philippines or they had moved over to um, America. Yeah, so um, when we came here to New Zealand, um, we stayed with another Filipino family that my parents knew um, in the Philippines. And there was there's six kids in that family. And so um, we kind of became like cousins and then more of their fa- more families started coming over and so we have like probably five families that we grew up with and we just call each other like um, cousins and in, in Filipino culture it's like Tito and Tita is uncle and auntie and so that became our that was your uh, family yeah that was our family and so actually funnily enough like we're closer to them as opposed to like my actual blood relatives because we only go back when we can yeah so we've only gone back to the Philippines maybe like Five times since we've been here? Yeah. What about you, old mate? Uh, cool. cool. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> introduce yourself, please. Cool. So, um, yeah, my name is Vani. 
Bani Toilo. Uh, I have a very white middle name by the name of Keith. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because David Dallas's middle name is Keith as well. <laughs> I got mad points for that once everyone found out. Yeah, so Salmon, both of my parents are Salmon. Uh, if you see me, most of the times you probably don't think I'm Salmon, but yeah, I'm full Salmon. Uh, born and raised out West Auckland. Yeah, we've pretty much been there our whole life. Mm. Your Salmon heritage, where your village is? Uh, so my mum is from Savai. Oh, I hear uh, it's South a good Auckland, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where my partner's family oh, from. True. My brother's like the family tree guy. Yeah. I'm just the guy that, oh yeah, that's my family. Yeah. Um, and then my dad's from like Rokofangao. What's your family makeup? Um, so we, so there's four boys. I have one older brother and then the two younger ones. Mm. Yeah. What was your childhood like? I guess the first thing comes to mind is that my parents, I think, really wanted us to assimilate into like, you know, Kiwi culture or like you know living in New Zealand so they spoke a lot of English then at home because we uh, yeah myself and my brother was my brother's two so there's like a five-year kind of age gap um, when he came over so um you know part of that we kind of lost the language um I still understand it but I can't like fluently speak it and I feel like real fob when I say it um we were raised Catholic but they weren't my parents weren't um, hard out religious so um, my parents are kind of not super traditional either so I think that played a part in the way I was raised um, and so when we when I reached high school they kind of made it up to me my decision about whether the, I want to keep going with my religion like Catholic, uh, Catholicism yeah right. so did you keep um, going no <laughs> <laughs> But then I got back into it, um, probably when I started uni, because I reconnected with Filipino, with Filipinos. Because in high school, there weren't many Filipinos, and I kind of lost touch with that. And for some reason, I just was so anti-Filipinos. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was real. I, I, I don't know. I think um, I was just, yeah, I just didn't really want to make friends with Filipinos, it sounds so weird for me to say. going to uni and finding some more Filipinos, was that quite, was that a nice sense of belonging? Did that make yeah. you feel like you were able to reconnect and finally be like, hey, that's another sense of home that I remember? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there were Filipinos that I was, I went to primary school with as well. So I think it was like reconnecting back with my childhood, but also reconnecting, reconnecting back with my culture. Yeah, since then I've been trying to like get back into more of the traditions or like at least kind of go back into speaking it because can i ask why 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 did you go through that phase of being of anti-filipinoism yeah Um, (laughs) if that's such a thing um but you know but also supplementary to that you know why did you go through that phase and also when did you realize that actually i need this yeah um i don't know i think in High school, I probably just rebelled and um, I had a lot of um, friends that were um, like European or um, Indian. Um, There were some um, Islanders as well. Um, I don't know, maybe the thought in my head was like Filipinos are more fob, the ones that I did meet and and like kind of really like fresh to New Zealand and just didn't want to to connect um but you know I think there was something 
missing inside me when you get a bit older and you start to realize like you you need to reconnect back in with your with your roots mm. but it was it changed it changed for me then Bunny, mm. what about you talk to us about your upbringing with your family mm. what was life like growing up for you it was i guess four boys was kind of hard in terms of like food wise <laughs> 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 but um yeah johnson knows my older brother and for some reason, we never really got along until like our later years in life. Growing up was hard because, I mean, you have this expectation from your parents that have come from Samoa mm. and they're super traditional. Mm. And then you go to school here, you see other kids and how they live and stuff like that. And then you wonder, oh, we're not in Samoa anymore. Why are we still doing this? But <laughs> it is what it is. And I guess as kids, we kind of just went along with it. And yeah. Mm. Just, um, what parts of... Um which is, and I'll ask both of you this question, is that what parts of your culture was really drilled into you as a child? Church. That mm. still stand today? Church? You know, well, that, that has yeah. helped shape you yeah. for who you are today. I'm proud of... But church has shaped you too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I guess church was the biggest thing as a kid. Yeah, there was no real decision or, sorry, no real choice. It was Sunday church, no matter what. Yeah, and I guess it, it has shaped the person I am. And what is it? We've had friends along the way that we've grown up with, and we're still all close together. So it's been it's been pretty good. How were your White Sundays? Mm-hmm. Did you White Sundays? Oh your man, <laughs> White Sundays. I I remember I cried, and then I cried some more later on. With my <laughs> is but it I'm, actually a thing? Like. Do you, is seen, it quite like getting threatened and... Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> like, you're up there doing your, like, what they say your kauloko is, that's your, whatever, your verses you have to remember. And you can just feel the eyes, and then that's the moment where your eyes start to, like, you just feel some tears. Yeah. It's true fear. Oh, for sure, definitely. Oh, for me it was. <laughs> I don't know about other people, but White Sundays were... I didn't really enjoy them because it was always, like, you had to get up and perform and... Mm. Yeah, most of the talking stuff went to my older brother because his Samoan mm-hmm. is pretty good. And then my dad kind of gave up on me in terms of speaking mm-hmm. fluent Samoan. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Like, I can make conversation, but if I were to speak to like an elder, I would be very, very nervous. But you can speak Samoan? Yep. Yeah, okay. I can speak Samoan. We're, yeah, my parents really tried to draw that into us. It's very different to what T mm-hmm. and her family were doing. But um, there were always times when my parents would just be like, we're only speaking someone in the house, mm-hmm. and it only lasts for that day, and then we're back to normal, like <laughs> speaking in uh, speaking in English. So I love about Samoan culture, though, and Tongans. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they know there. What about in terms of um, you know how how your culture as a child has shaped you to to be to today? That's tough for, uh, for me to answer because um, <coughs> my my parents aren't yeah. super traditional, which is um, which I kind of wish they they were sometimes. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can really think of is like. And that's probably applicable to um, a lot of cultures is like respect to elders. Mm-hmm. So we we do like a, a we call it bliss. And so um, you elder kind of puts their hand down you and you put your forehead to, to theirs. And so, yeah. And then there's like certain titles as well and greetings that you say to an older person. So that's probably one thing. Um, what about food? Yeah. Like did food play oh, a major? Yeah. Sometimes we talk about culture and, we, and, you know, but culture also includes food. Mm. Yeah, you know, true. So were, were those traditional dishes and that 
Yeah. Was that a big part of? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially for um, for holidays. Yeah, you know, Christmas is huge for us, especially Christmas Eve. So that's a tradition that we've kept up until now. That um, you have like a massive feast, and then you go to midnight mass, um, and that's your that's your Christmas Eve. So we celebrate it more than we do Christmas Day. Mm pig really we love pork so <laughs> yeah i'd say like filipino pork they call it lechon it's mm. probably one of the like it's way better than salmon umu. Yeah. easily you're gonna get attacked oh come at me <laughs> 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 Yo. Oh, man. yeah it's a spit roast so yeah. as opposed to yeah under the ground right mm. so if we look at look at it right now we've got a beautiful couple sitting here but Tell us the origins of how you two began. <laughs> well, how, how did you guys meet? How was your romantic journey start? 2010? Yeah, yeah, so 2010 I had joined a dance crew uh, called Nameless. Mm-hmm. And it was like we had regionals. And she had come with a mutual friend. And then I got introduced to her. And he, um, he pursued. What was the pickup line? <laughs> Nothing. Like, <laughs> Seriously, like, because I hadn't dated or anything in a long time, I didn't know where to start. I just remember thinking, man, she's really pretty. And I spoke to my other friend that was uh, that was close to her as well. Mm. And yeah, she pretty much became my wingman in terms of trying to trying to make conversation with her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like some people, I find it hard talking to girls in that way. If I if I have feelings for them, then I'm not gonna be like I'm not gonna push <laughs> push for it or anything like that. I'm just gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that's what I did most yeah, of the time and, pretty much yeah. and um, and funnily enough like if I hadn't reconnected back to my Filipino friends from primary school I wouldn't have met this mutual friend that knew Vani and he wouldn't have taken me to the dance comp and I wouldn't have entered that scene um, yeah I met him that day and I, I thought nothing nothing of it I was like oh, 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 sorry <laughs> <laughs> But I was just like, oh, yeah. cool. He seems like a cool dude. And and I was like, okay, I'll see him again maybe. And then, yeah. Then he just um, was always at, um, like, events or, like, yeah. dinners. A lot of my friends, like, are Filipino. Like, I'm yeah. pretty yeah. well, I guess, involved with the Filipino community. And well, Sometimes I, I would look at you and think, oh, yeah, you look Filipino. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think. Yeah. Like, yeah. when we went there, they were like, oh, I'm Filipino. So, nah. <laughs> Mm. So, obviously, you start this dating phase, yeah. um, and then there comes a point where you start. Uh, you know, obviously, you've got to introduce each other to each other's families mm-hmm. and stuff. How did how did that go down? Um, I can't mm. remember introducing you to mom, my parents. <gasps> did you get caught? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Oh, well, we were we weren't dating yet, um, but it was a it was your birthday. That's when I first met your parents ah, yeah. at your house mm. for his birthday. Yeah. But we liked each other, but we hadn't made it official, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. our friends were all just trying to like... So yeah. it was the first time that most of our friends had been at my house for a gathering with my family. Yeah. And then, um, so obviously you want to show people your house and whatnot. So I started showing people the room. And <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is my room. And then she came and then another friend of ours came. And then I could just hear our other friend saying, what are you doing? Get out of the room to our other friend. <laughs> So just so we could be in the room. Yeah. I was like, Man, you guys are so weird. But and then I don't remember introducing you to my parents. Nah, I can't remember. It was so long ago now. No. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there was any 
there was nothing there was nothing major yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably just like when we did start dating like going over to your house ah, and, yeah. and, and like his parents are really traditional mm. and dad especially is yeah. quite strict we had many many um family talks yeah. where we had a um it was pretty much set in stone your partners are not allowed to mm. stay here or stay the night or anything like that no matter what yeah and um yeah, being the guy I am, I rebelled. Because <laughs> <laughs> George didn't really rebel, did he? Yeah, my older brother was like the saint. So most of my parents' experience in terms of like, I guess, hanging out with friends, uh, yeah, wanting to, I guess, go out and stuff, was with me. Um, yeah, mm. but I always made it a point to bring my friends over to introduce to my parents because mm. that was the main thing for them is, oh, who are you hanging out with? And so for you, Tate, mm. how... Was that going into a Samoan household? So for me, I have a Samoan partner, mm. um, and being non-Samoan myself, there was mm. a whole it opened my eyes to a whole new culture and mm. a whole new perspective and something that was very different yeah. to my own. How was that for you? Yeah, it was it was really different. I had to um, adapt really quickly as well, mm. um, and I I didn't want to be. Uh, like disrespectful and and um, yeah, in a lot of ways. So I yeah, I think the first thing for me picking up was like was was clothes for sure. Like um, making sure um, like le- yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah no short shorts and um, wearing a no t shirt yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of it for me was like either asking him or just like observing. Um, so. Yeah, it was. Re- I think the first real um, culture shock for me would be um, his nana's funeral, mm. and I think it was our first or second year dating. Oh, two thousand and yeah, eleven, two thousand, yeah, two thousand eleven probably. Oh, yeah. It would have been just a year, yeah. and um, his nana, yeah, his nana passed away. His mum's mum, and um, it was full on. Like yeah. I had never experienced that before. Um, like how? How and like some examples? Yeah, um, just uh, knowing your role and knowing what what to do, mm. or just like yeah, and not asking. Like you just have to know what to do, or like, and you have to see something and just be proactive and actually do it, as opposed to I find like, oh, do you need help? No, 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 mm. because obviously I'm not someone, so uh, they feel like they can't just. Um, boss me around, even though yes. I want it, and um, I would kind of wish then I like understood the language. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, so then I just had to be like, okay, they need that getting done. I'll just do it, even if it's maybe not the right way or whatever. I just wanted to be helpful, um, and uh, probably the day of the funeral because there, a lot of a lot of it was at a, at the house, mm. um, and um, yeah, making cooking, preparing all the food for all the, the guests. Fails. Yeah, all the fails. Mm. So Dang. many. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the day of, um, like, I think we were just doing everything like in the background and uh, didn't even really go to the actual, you know, the ceremony um, or the, sorry, the funeral. Yeah. And then when we got to like the after bit, the, like the feed, the food mm. part, um, even though there were waiters and like wait- waitresses there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, we were the still helping out. Yeah. Like even though there were servers or what do they call it? In Ma- in Manhattan. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the home of Samoa. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, there's like people, staff there, staff, that's it. There was already staff like helping out, doing the food and stuff. We, the family, were still doing it as well. And at that point, like, I hadn't eaten, like, the whole day, really? the whole day at 2 yeah. p.m. And for him, it's normal, like, and I, for me, I always, like, need to have breakfast and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, by 2 o'clock, I was just, I, I threw up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was middle of summer, and I, I, I just threw up, and I, yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, KO. And that was the first, real, like, introduction into the culture. Yeah. yeah. I think the other, maybe, culture shock for you was, um, the cutting of the bread. Oh, shut up, I knew you were going to bring up that story. <laughs> you know how we all have like loaves of bread for like, mm-hmm. I guess you cut it up and you send it out. Uh, fresh bread, it's always good. Yeah. So I gave her the task of, of cutting the bread and you know how it's really soft and delicate. So it started off with this big loaf like about like this. <laughs> and then it ended up super flat. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not totally saying, mate. I'm terrible. So yeah. heavy-handed. I know, neither. Or like, my mum would ask for it to be cut at yes, the bakery. Yes, at the bakery. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. yeah. Apparently you can. Yeah, some yeah. bakeries just cut it for you. For that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is like perfect slices. So, <laughs> But how was that for you, Vani? Like um, navigating your, your partner into mm. your culture, knowing that she possibly had no idea mm. what a Samoan funeral, what yeah. was that like? Um was interesting because a lot of the time I try and shield her from a lot mm. of like the fat love lovers or the yeah. the real I guess hearty someone stuff because <laughs> because one because I don't understand it fully myself so I'm mm. not gonna be like just pass on some random information to her but I think the main things was just to make sure that that she knows that she's not someone so she doesn't have to know everything mm. she doesn't have to do everything either because my aunties and my family were just like are you okay? Do you want to eat? And her being her, she's like, no, I'm fine. Because she wants to be involved with everyone and, and mm. help out wherever she could. Um, mm. Trying to be a translator. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, especially real time when they're talking and then everyone's laughing and she's like, oh, what yeah, what they say? She's yeah. like, oh, it's not that funny in English. <laughs> so, yeah. We always have family talks and at the end of it all, like my parents, my brothers, my, um, my sister and all, they're all just like super proud of what she did and because it's something that, yeah, was super early in our relationship as well. Mm. And it was brand new, super busy, but yeah, she held her own. And I know for me, I have been with my partner for about four or five years now. And I feel like there is an expectation from my in-laws now that I should know. Mm. Do you ever feel like you have that pressure? Sometimes I feel like I've actually, I feel like I've learned a decent amount yeah. of the Samoan culture and the protocols and traditions that mm. is a part of it but then there's still sometimes we're like I have no clue but yeah I feel like I've got the eyes on me like <laughs> you know you know now you're like an honorary do you ever feel like that yeah yeah I do yeah I do sometimes but then at times I think also his parents are pretty lenient on this yeah they're like yeah they don't expect her to to know things because yeah if it's a re- yeah yeah, it's, yeah. Just yeah. as long as as long mm. as she understood, they were happy with that. And being respectful, eh? that's all we're yeah. yes, the yeah. way we want to do. We never mm. want to, yeah. um, you know, step on anyone's toes. Yeah. We're yeah. just trying to do what we think is, is the right. right thing yeah. to do. Exactly. And so, yeah. if it isn't what we do, like we're sorry, yeah. we're, we're still trying. Yeah. yeah. What if, what if we flip the script and and have a look at at your introduction to the family, Vani, and into bringing a boy into their, mm. their baby their baby girls' <laughs> lives in, in, oh, in a Filipino um, family. Yeah, how did that go down? Um, mm. Yeah, so like she said before, like her parents aren't super traditional yeah. or anything like that. So 
um, I guess the main thing for me was just uh, just be respectful and uh, mm. do the dishes. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much. And yeah, yeah, I hadn't really been in um, a lot of relationships before. Mm. It's like so I didn't haven't like maybe my parents had met like a couple of guys that I dated for a couple of months, but nothing serious. So yeah, Vani would have been the first kind of yeah real guy that I've brought home. Mm-hmm. Um, real Samoan guy. The only thing would be like just you know upping the food portions. <laughs> <laughs> for real though, like, no, legit. Yeah, actually, during yeah. dinner, it's like, oh, you guys staying for dinner? Like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna make more. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like obligated to finish it because he's legit saying, uh, yeah. oh, here, just finish it. I'm like, oh man, I'm so full, but yeah, I don't want to be rude. Yeah, but, but do they do they eat smaller amounts compared to us? I'd say so. Yeah, but super salty, like, <laughs> super rich. I think. Yeah, is the food. it's crazy that they're not yeah. that they're not as overweight as as Islanders. Like, because like, they don't have the coconut cream and the galo and the <laughs> breakfast. They have fried fruit or fried fish. Like, oh, seriously, fish that's what and they have. Yeah. Rice and egg. Egg. So like, we'd have a lot of like, um, yeah, oily fried stuff. Mm. Yeah, as opposed to like maybe creamy stuff. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's yeah. the difference. Man. Yeah. Seriously. If we eat that, so we end good. up. <laughs> <laughs> we have bad cholesterol, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, you know, a, a common theme going through here is around, um, you know, that you, obviously your family, your parents wanted to assimilate. And mm. is there a, a part of you where, um, especially around culture and language, mm. Are you okay with where you're at in terms of your, your culture and stuff? Because some people might... I mean, are there some Filipinos that look at you and be like, oh, she's not Filipino enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we, And how do you how yeah. do you feel about that? And also, like... Because I'm quite um, fair-skinned as well. And so a lot of Filipinos don't think I'm Filipino. Or they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and my... Because it's my dad. My dad looks quite fair as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> just, just looking at your culture. Are you okay with where you're at now? Oh, yeah. No, um, no, no, I'm not. I, I definitely have... Still have a long way to go um, with um, getting... Yeah, getting back in touch with my culture um, and my knowledge of my culture. And I think a lot of it is the language, the history as well. Mm. So like, I always try to... Um, uh, well, before I always try to get my parents to like, just always speak to me in Bisaya. That's that's a dialect that I know. I don't I don't know any Tagalog, which is the main um, language um, of the mm. Philippines. Um, but yeah, they always just revert back to English. So um, yeah, I and I think um you know with with baby on the way, hopefully that can help me as well going back um, with the language and and reconnecting back. He can, I can, um, you know, teach him and teach myself. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So if we yeah. look about what you both have talked about already, yeah. what is some advice that you would give other mixed race couples in terms of learning each other's culture, um, the differences, the cultural tensions and conflicts sometimes? Mm-hmm. I, I think just some um, patience because it's going to take time to understand the other culture and stuff like that and mm. make sure that you communicate what's happening. Um, that was a big thing for us, is making sure that she understood yeah. the, the protocols and, and everything in terms of um, the Samoan yep. traditions. 
yeah, I think for me those would probably be the biggest two, just patience and communication. Yeah, I would have said communication as well. Mm. Bef- and probably the timing of it too. Timing of the communication. Be helpful to know, you know, um, beforehand what, what you kind of, um, what, to, what to prepare for mm. as opposed to like on the day when it's like crazy. And then, yeah, you don't want to overstep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you don't want to overstep as well. So, um, you know, you talked about babies coming on the way. Um, congratulations, congratulations Thank you. on your on your pregnancy. Thank how you. how has this how has this um, period period been in terms mm. of preparing for for parenthood? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I think we are. Yeah, we're really like wing it. And just play it by ear, kind of couple, kind of not people. Majorly. Not majorly, <laughs> not majorly. And we've been through quite a a journey with our um, with baby and fertility, mm. um, and we've been pretty open about it on on so on our own mm. social media kind of pages. So, um, you know, we had a, a late kind of miscarriage, two thousand late two thousand eighteen, and then kind of since then we've been trying to. Um, we've been trying for Baba, and then expectations of trying can be overwhelming. Mm. And um, and so I think, for me anyway, um, that was the the biggest part of preparing mm. um, for parenthood was actually just just getting and just having a baby. And so when um, when we finally received uh, you know our awesome news, um, yeah, trying to think about preparing for parenthood. Came took a bit of a backseat because I was just so um, overwhelmed and surprised and mm. yeah, yeah. Just making sure that things would and go right. This yeah, time. yeah, and cautious. So yeah, yeah, super cautious. Yeah, so we've only really started thinking and planning about parenthood. Not really now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So what do those plans look like? Uh, like we've been so blessed that people around us have had their own kids like recently and stuff. So. Um, we haven't actually bought anything at all. Like, cool. Yeah. Nothing. Everyone's just like, yeah. Hey. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, we got this. Do you want to come around and have a look? I'm like, yeah, sweet ass, cool. Like, here, take this, take that. Clothes. It's like, oh man. The only, I think the only thing that we need to purchase is a new car. Yeah. <laughs> just so it's big enough for, for yeah. a pram and, and car seat and stuff like that and safe. Yeah. But and I mean, that goes back to it takes a village to oh, raise yes. a baby. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this village that is showing up even before this baby mm-hmm. is here yeah. yeah and how uh, i guess that is imminent within mm. our cultures yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 yeah, percent. i think yeah. that's a cool thing between like um that was the biggest similarity in terms of like the filipino culture and like salmon culture was that it was so um family oriented yeah like family was everything and that was cool because there wasn't there was no Merge. real cultural yeah. conflict, yeah. eh? Like yeah. Nothing super big apart from, I guess, the Samoan follow of is, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a whole other thing, but... Uh, you mentioned um, some fertility problems, um, mm. and I hope you don't mind uh, asking the no. question yeah. around this. I was super open. Looking at, how did you navigate that um, together and, and, and with your families? Um, mm. How was it? How do, you, how do you navigate that journey together from... Telling them the un- the unfortunate news, mm. but then eventually you get to tell them some positive, some ex- mm. damn exciting news. Yeah. yeah, how was that journey for you? Um, it was really hard. I guess um, the day of. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But um, 
because it was our first, um, you know, we told um, our family and our close friends yeah. quite early on. Mm. And so, um, you know, I had a miscarriage when I was 14 weeks. And so that's like just past the um, safe yeah. period um, after, yeah, it's a safe period. And so it was quite a shock, and I, we didn't realize like how common it actually is yeah. wow. to um, have a miscarriage, e- even that like later in the um, after the safe period. So um, yeah, telling his um, his parents and my parents were were probably really tough, and I think you know for Vani it um, took quite a toll on him, mm. especially you know you've still got those images of of dad and and telling dad. Um, mm when we got pregnant again um, we wanted to be really safe mm-hmm. and and kind of held off telling anyone yeah. uh, for a long period of time and that took um, you know that takes a, a, a toll on, on you yeah. you know because um, you're keeping this inside and yeah and I think um, you know mentally after the the miscarriage it's um, uh, yeah I didn't realise you deal with grief or loss because you've mm. yeah you've lost someone mm. And I think when we did find out the whole, like, yeah, we were happy, but naturally, like, part of me was just like, oh, don't get too excited. Mm. Yeah. Because it could all just be taken away. Yeah. How was that from a, um, a cultural perspective? I felt I felt uh, grieving, like, we spoke about my grandma passing away. Mm. I felt the grieving for for baby compared to that was two different things in terms of just because... Um, there was no no real time to grieve for my grandma. Yeah. Mm. Whereas this, because there's there's nothing to do in terms of like um, uh, all the fine mats and all of that, mm. all of that kind of stuff. You're just in it straight away. Yeah, Whereas like true. if it's someone older, you have all this other stuff to do. Uh, you're super busy, and it's not until like maybe a week or week and a half later mm. where you finally get that time to kind of just sit and mm. and just reflect on. The week that's gone and stuff. Now, when you reflect, and obviously you le- you lent a lot on each other, but um, looking at uh, at your own mental well being mm. and how you look after that, you know, and and you were talking about you know this pregnancy now you you held off you mm. know and it takes its toll. Yeah. So, where I'm trying to get at is uh, for people that could be listening and mm. just some advice around how you can look after you and your mental well being mm. when you are going through something like this if you can reflect. I think the biggest thing for me was just talking about it. Um, I was super open, especially like the stigma behind males. You Mm. have to be the strong, strong figure. Mm. Can't show tears, can't show emotion. But I'm like, man, my whole family's super emotional. (laughs) From my dad to my older brother, like we're all like well in in tune with our emotions. And and it's cool. Like, yeah, because I mean, everyone feels something. Mm. And that was the biggest thing was just just talking to people and they could ask questions about the whole thing and how we were doing and mm. it didn't have to be something that wasn't to be spoken of mm. about the whole um, the whole journey in yeah, terms of yeah definitely. the miscarriage so yeah really really putting I guess words to paper helped a lot even if I didn't necessarily post it or anything like that um, a lot of the time that was for my healing yeah. but it was also in case someone else was going through something similar yeah. just to let them know that you're not alone yeah. and to reach out mm-hmm. to yeah. people because yeah, there's always people out there to, to help out and yeah. they want to help yeah, yeah. thank and you yeah it does take a village right oh, yeah. so like mm. when we were open about it 
like a lot of people, a lot of our friends yeah. came, um, you know, um, messaged out and said, oh, I went through the same thing, but you know, I didn't realize how many people it affected or how common. Yeah, I think, yeah, that open, because I'm usually quite guarded. I'm the opposite to Vani, where Vani's like real in tune with his emotions and real open to people. I'm, I'm quite the closed book, I guess. And so I learned a lot from him during that, that time of um of healing um was a part of it is to actually talk about it with other people and not be afraid to reach out and ask for help mm. yeah because i yeah don't, i don't know i don't really like asking for help and i always just say i'm okay but sometimes mm. <laughs> you know you're not okay so yeah. Yeah. yeah and so if we move to celebrating mm-hmm. our new baby have you both thought of how you will fuse the two cultures so that baby will learn a bit about it. Mm. Have you thought about how you will navigate that? I can speak someone. I'm going to be teaching him, yeah. Yeah, cool. someone myself. And then I guess the grandparents, my parents are going to yeah. only speak to him, someone, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, so he learns as much as he can. And, um, and because we're living there right now, yeah. we will be living there probably for the next, you know, six, futures, 12 yeah. months, maybe. I don't know, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah, definitely um, that that the Samoan culture will mm. be quite ingrained, mm. which is awesome and which is what I really want in the and you know, the help too. Um, but we wanna from, yeah. yeah, we want a way for him to learn like yeah. the mm. Filipino way, the Bisaya way. Well. way and, yeah. Yeah. I don't. So yeah, food. Definitely, yeah, yeah. food, oh, yeah. yeah. Food for sure. Yeah, if he doesn't learn the language but knows the food, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> Plunkett nurse might come along and be like, This baby's got high cholesterol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, just taking him over. And luckily my parents don't live that far. They're yeah. probably some, only like 15, 20 minutes mm. away. Because it's the first for them and yeah. the second for ours. Yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. That's mm. so exciting. And um, before we move on, I just just thank you. Thank mm. you for, for sharing that. Um, sharing that with us. But one thing we haven't mentioned is that you also a business owner. Um, I would say together because you are one. You are business owners, mm-hmm. you know. And so, what does it? What's the business, and what's the passion behind having this business? Um, business is strong side gym. If you are West Auckland, come check us out, please. <laughs> uh, Killing Road Fitness or f- like health is such a big thing, um, especially for our Pacific Island communities and stuff. It's um, it's a very big thing that that they're not super aware of, and they're not. They don't think it's that important. They just feel um, they always put that to the side and put other things beforehand, which is fair. But if you have time for that, you have time for your house. And mm-hmm. one of my biggest achievements was having my church come into come into the gym and mm-hmm. taking them through classes yeah. and stuff like that. That was awesome. that was cool, as because I was being I was able to give back mm-hmm. in yeah. some way um, to people that have like done so much for you. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And where are we hoping this um, businesses have had to learn how to pivot and adapt yep. to the current climate? So where are you hoping this goes to next? Um, In an ideal world. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Lots of dreams. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess opening more facilities is yeah. one. Um, being able to, I guess, with the whole, the whole COVID thing, I've had a few, like, I guess, online clients, which I was super against online because... I'm more of a face-to-face guy. Yeah. And that's the whole thing behind personal training because it's personal and it's face-to-face. So having to go the other route in terms of, um, I guess, online clients is, yeah, was something super new and 
I wasn't super keen on it, but I mean, there's trainers that have been doing it, like trainers that are like 50, 60, 70, or like 60 years old, they're using technology and stuff like that. So it's like, man, if they can do it, I have no excuse but to, if I want to survive in this industry or like survive the times that are happening right now in this pandemic, then I guess I have to adapt and, and change things. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and and for you in terms of I know you're going to be taking a little bit of a break to be to be a mom and mm. you know to, mm-hmm. to care for your newborn and yeah what is there are you going to put your because what we find is lots of uh, mums will put their careers on hold mm. you know yeah. um, and then there are mums that power through yeah that you know that they can do that um Obviously, you've got a great supportive husband, and mm. it sounds like you've got a great supportive network as well around you. Mm. Um, have you thought about what 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 you'll do for your career? Mm. Yeah, so um, I've been doing recruitment for the last maybe seven or so years. Mm. What I like about it is that you get to deal with people, but I've always known it's not like my my passion, and that's what I've always admired about Vani is that he pursued his passion his passion is like Mm. health and fitness and helping people um so i think you know when covid hit i was actually made redundant um from your new zealand i was in the recruitment team there and um when covid hit it kind of made me reassess what i actually really wanted to do if i wanted to go back into recruitment or not and then um and then baby and then baby happened so you know um covid and then redundancy and then um baby so um it's it's i i feel like you know it happens for a reason and um i, I think after baby i, would, I, I would just want to reassess where i want to take my career next i think it's still i'd still want to be like helping people mm. um and i and i think for me i'd, I'd always liked um I'd always thought I'd just go back straight into work because um, I'd always been kind of a um, working kind of person and um, yeah, and never had, um, you know, dreams of being a mum or anything like that until, um, you know, I had the miscarriage. You know, I knew it was something that I really, really wanted next. I always, I've always said that I find that mums have a just have this special superpower mm. i don't know what it is yeah. but they they just have superpowers yeah and excited yeah. for you to unleash your superpowers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially on this guy especially on this guy over here and lastly just thank you mm. for sharing your journey and with us i know it's never the easiest thing to talk about but sometimes it's the best thing to talk like the best mm. thing to get through and we just appreciate you both for being here today taking time out of your schedule and yeah sharing with us so just to wrap it up a bit we just mm. want to ask one last question <laughs> and that is how do you think your story or what you do your work how will you hope that to inspire others and our next generation our baby to come mm. Loaded question. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry. To end with. <laughs> oh. I think yeah. um, it takes a lot of work to, um, you know, to be in any type of relationship if you're mixed or, or not. Um, but, yeah, I think I think for, for, um, for me it's like being open or, yeah, um, yeah like I have learned, so much from this guy, and, 
Um, I hope you've learned something from me too. <laughs> Not cutting bread, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, just being really open-minded about um, the different cultures and not, um, I don't know, I think, <laughs> yeah, just being open-minded would be the main thing and having open communication yeah. about yeah, why things happen. Yeah, everyone's experiences are different in life and if you feel like your way's the only way, then, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> a rude awakening coming up. Yeah. So, um... Or just, just try to change it, I think. Yeah. I think that's probably what I was getting at, like, try to change something that's not something for you to change. Yeah. Fair enough. What about in, in terms of your work? What do you hope in terms of strongman gym? Strong to, side. To, oh, strong side, sorry. <laughs> I just think because you're a strong man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> strong side gym in terms of, yeah, well, do you, what do you hope to, uh, how do you hope to inspire? How do you hope your work will inspire? Um, just help people realise that health is a very important part of your life. Um, mm-hmm. Work is always going to be there. Um but if your house is not good, you might not be here for very, yeah. very long. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just being able to help as many people as we can. That's it's such a fulfilling job, mm. and it's you become true. that person that they just need to talk to sometimes. Um, yeah, you just have to like helping people is the most important part of my job, I guess. And mm. what I want to, um, I guess, let people know is go and help someone out, whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But also helping people stay healthy ensures that they are around to see oh, their kids yeah. and raise their children. Exactly, and, and that's a that's something that I would always tell. Or I would always like not. I would always bring up with with members. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, like you should probably get into it because I mean, running around with your kids, you're probably tired, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just another. It's a good motivation. Uh, good motivation for people to get into it because mm-hmm. they find that their kids are running around and they're just like, all right, I'll see you in ten minutes. Um, just come back when you're ready. <laughs> But being able, being able to get in there with your kids is probably something that most of these parents want to do, and I want to do as a parent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as our boy. Yeah, yeah. You can run. You can run children's fitness classes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, children's fitness. <laughs> no, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you oh. very much. Um, yeah, I feel like oh, thank you for blessing us with your story. Mm-hmm.